The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A touch more. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgian Pop. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I don't know if it's a good day to be a baseball fan or just life or... I have these up days and I have down days, you know, or like weeks in the podcast. Like sometimes I'm like gung-ho. Sometimes I'm like, this sucks. The energy level really comes and goes with the enthusiasm, I think. Yeah. And it's just like trying to find like the perfect level of high that I want to be. Um... So, you have the disease. Let's yeah. just dive in. You yeah, got let's it. do it. Uh, yep, I have coronavirus. So, for those that are, for the social distancing police out there, I wasn't protesting. I wasn't going to a secret underground bar or club. Uh, obviously, my girlfriend works in a hospital, uh, so that's how I got it. And obviously, I'm surprised it took this long, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, if I'm being honest, I was surprised. I've been waiting for you to, like, to just have it. And, like, get it over with. Because it's a thing that I think to a certain extent everyone's going to have at some point. Um, but you were just, like, at, like right in it. So, you know, because Jamie works in a hospital. To a certain extent, though, like, you got it the best way. It's like, I don't know, I'm sorry. Sorry my girlfriend's a hero. What do you want me to do Yeah, sorry it? she's on the front lines, guys. Yeah. You know, so you guys can, can do your stuff. But, no, yeah, that's what happened. And when all this went down, it was mid-March, I was thinking – April 15th, around tax day at the latest. But then once it got to May 1st, I was like, I must be immune. 
Like I must be fine. Like maybe you've got yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like maybe I'm asymptomatic, and then uh, so she started feeling uh, bad about two weeks from tomorrow. If you're listening to this, I guess two Thursdays ago, uh, she went and got tested. I think it was the Monday, and then I started uh, feeling symptoms about a week ago last Wednesday. So I'm on day seven. She started feeling better day eleven, twelve. So I'm hoping I'm almost there. It's kind of funny the way it happened. So. You know, you text me last week like, yo, Jamie's got corona. Let's not bring it up. And I'm like, yeah. You know, and I explained to you, I was like, that's Jamie. Like, Jamie's not on this podcast. Like, what we do is fair game, which she does. Like, that's her business. Whatever. You know, we don't have to mention it. Um, plus, like, she's out. Like, she didn't get it. If you got it, like, the week after you went to Goose Island. <laughs> I would have been like, fuck you. Like, I, would have, you I, I wouldn't have said, and I probably wouldn't have even talked about it. Yeah, just like, yeah. yeah, if you did it, if you got it being an asshole, like, yeah. Um, and then you text me. So we go through the whole thing, not doing it, and, you know, and I, I checked in, you know, hey, how, how's Jimmy doing, whatever. And then you just text me out of nowhere. Yeah, I got coronavirus, so we could talk about it now. <laughs> it's like, oh, another topic. There's no baseball. It's like actually kind of exciting. Like now we have something to, we have something to talk about, some news. So what's... What's your experience been? So, yeah, I guess everybody's had a different experience. For me, it's a lot of general fatigue, both mental and physical, a little bit of body aches and chills in the beginning. But the the way I kind of describe it is it's that when you when you wake up and you're hungover and you have that kind of anxious, paranoid feeling, like you feel like something's wrong, but you can't put anything tangible on it. That's you just how, can't 100% say nothing's wrong. That's, that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like you just feel like something's off. Like did I forget something? Did I do something? That's kind of how it is. And part of that could be mental because I haven't stepped outside my 900 square foot apartment. I mean, I can't go get a package. I can't take the trash out. It's it's tough to kind of lose that independence. Oh I would my say God, it's the toughest yeah. part. How are you getting like? Food and groceries, like how's all that work? You live in yeah, an apartment building too, just so yeah. I, I live in a I live in a high rise. Uh, Jamie's mom is a saint, and she dropped off a bunch of stuff on Saturday. And then uh, Jamie's sister and her husband live in the building, so they've been getting our mail packages and all that stuff. So we've been able to survive, and hopefully she'll be she'll be cleared to leave soon, and we can get some of our independence back. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. It was tough with the weather over the weekend too. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Um do so people just leave shit outside your door for you exactly like her sister big like, i got your packages she'll knock on the door leave them there she'll walk away we'll grab them do you do you have do you like let do you let anyone know like your building or no you know we haven't um we let i guess the health department know and stuff like that so we got like the official you're not allowed to leave so like, i guess we're on a list now gotcha. or something um, but yeah, didn't didn't let anybody in the building know. Obviously, friends and family. Now, anybody listening to this would be, be the millions only people that, of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good test to see who from who from BP actually listens to George's box. Right. We'll see who yeah. see who reaches out after this. See who makes sure you're all right. Yeah, I was thinking about it. once you told me you had it, and now you're seven days. You said you're starting to like you're feeling you're starting. Today was the first day, Tuesday. It was the first day that I woke up and I was like, I don't feel horrible. And I was pumped until I got to that point. I would just every day assume I was going to die. Like, cause that's just where I go to of like the worst thing. Cause you hear about people who get it. And like three days later, my friend's mom got it. And within a week she was dead. Um, so it's like, yeah, I would just, oh, I'd be so terrified. 
Um, the scariest part of it was is Jamie started feeling sick. It was the Thursday before Mother's Day, and we had tentatively planned to do like a drive, but because our parents live like a half hour away from each other, we were going to go hit her parents and hit my parents. Yeah, you get out of Mother's the house. Day. Yeah, and and luckily we didn't we didn't do that, man, because that could have been. You know, Dude, you don't it, know. Gets, it gets tough. It gets tough to do the drive by and like we're not going to see each other. We uh, I, we saw my in-laws today okay. in, a, in a park six okay. feet away from each other. Yeah. Masks on. Beautiful day for that. Yeah. I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's it's nuts, man. And I, well, the one thing I'm pumped about is that apparently, and I, I don't know the science, but I think it's really hard to get it twice. So hopefully I won't really have to wear masks or, or worry about it after, you know, a week from now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's – or it's going to be like – see, they don't know how long the antibodies, like, stay in you. But, like, yeah, you should be good for a little bit. Um, Especially as a 27-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully I have that that on my side. So, see, so yeah, obviously I'll still have to wear a mask if I'm going into Target and it's mandated. But if I'm just walking around outside, I don't have to worry personally. Hopefully Plus, so. I think the CDC, not that anyone's listening to them that's in any kind of power, has said as long as you're social distancing, like if you're walking around and you're not going to be in like a crowd, you don't have to wear a mask. Like if I just walk my dog by myself, I tend to just not wear a mask. I, I have one ask, with me. Okay, so when you do your walks, you don't wear one? I have one with me, but if no one's around, I don't wear it. Okay. I wear uh, like one pair of pants and one pair of shorts in this, like to leave the house. Like a pair of joggers I wear, a pair of khaki shorts I wear. Each one just has a mask in. Like, you can see me on video right now. I just have a mask in my pocket. Oh, you just have it on you at all yeah, times. It's, okay. just, it's the new, like, you know, phone, cash, keys. Right. I yeah. have a I have a, a keypad for my door, like, so I don't yes. carry keys. So that's where my keys used to go was in that pocket, and now it's just – I just carry masks. Uh, okay, it's the new it's the new world we're living in. My wife has like fashion masks, like she has ones that are like design, you know, so like she can wear them with outfits. And I was, she's that's like, hilarious. "Do you want me to get you some?" And I was just like, "No," because I'll just be home if that's the thing. <laughs> like I don't need to be at whatever it is. That yeah, requires masks. Yeah. So, and for me, where I always wore masks, just because for me to go outside, I got to go into an elevator and go yeah. through the lobby. So yeah. I just got into the mindset of just put it on, keep I mean, it on, but. Yeah, yeah, if I lived in a house, I wouldn't, I don't think. Yeah, no, and if I'm, like, if I'm walking down the street and there are people outside their house, because you know how Phillies people sit on their stoops and stuff, mm-hmm. I'll either cross the street or put my mask on. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah. It's just, it gets hot. It's tough. Um, it is. Yeah, it's crazy, and we went and did, uh, we saw my in-laws, because they haven't seen their granddaughter in months. Right, I bet they were itching to see her, yeah. Yeah, so finally it was just like gotta do it. They've seen the other grandkids including there has been at times some physical contact, so I was like so just come over to our house, and they were like, no, no we'll go to the park, and I was like then no one's touching anyone, and I'm like, I'm the referee, but don't don't make me walk 20 minutes to a park, and then we're gonna break the rules. So I was like I waste the whole thing. I was like, no, no, back up. The leader, yep. Because that's the thing. I just can't um, – I hate being a hypocrite. So I, I can't be like everyone's got a social distance and then break it. Or if I want to break it, I'm just going to break it and not be like – there's all these people posting pictures online like, don't worry, we were social distancing of like they met up with a friend or whatever, but they're not. Like in the picture, you're not. You know? You really flipped a switch because I remember a week before Tampa, we were we were mocking 
the virus. And I feel like as soon as that flight got canceled, as soon as we didn't go, yeah. And then and then you were banging the drum since then. And then I switched after after Goose Island. I saw my I saw my in laws. We talked about today. I saw them the week before. It was like the Thursday, a week before we were supposed to leave. And I was like, oh, you know, me and the baby have all these plans. We're going to opening day, da da da. And they were like, well, you know, if Corona. And I actually said to them, I was like, but it's not even as bad as the flu. Like it's just like the flu. And they're all like, takes exposed would have a field day with all this. Well, that's just what it, the news was at that point. Um, my like my company was still holding a six thousand person conference in two weeks in San Francisco. Like the world was still going on. Everything came to an abrupt halt. It didn't like things didn't close the way they're reopening. Like little by little, it just shut down. So I was just going like, all right. And then it was that week. I was like, all right. I think this is getting serious. And then even like the day before. I was like, all right, well, like, we got to push through. I didn't – I at, there was a point where I no longer wanted to go. I wanted them to cancel it, but I wouldn't tell any of you guys. And part of it was just being afraid because, like, I have a baby. And um, – but we had, like, these deals in place for Bronx Pinstripes. that, I, And it, it was a big jump for us. I mean, we had two companies paying significantly more than our – like trip um we had a lot of great opportunities great content we were probably going to meet up with susan like i'm i was emailing with susan waldman i realized today our emails just dropped off because this all happened but like we were you know we had so many things that i needed we needed it to happen and then you know everything gets shut down i'm a big like follow the rules guy so if they say Stay in your house. Don't go out except for these things. That's what I'm doing. If they're like, you can go for walks. That's what I'm doing. And if they say, if they said every time you leave the house, because at one point they were saying every time you leave the house, wear a mask. So every time I left the house, I was wearing a mask. Then they said, if you're social distancing, you don't have to have the mask on. And that's when it became a pocket thing. When they say you don't have to wear a mask, I won't wear a mask. Like, I'll go with whatever the rules are. Um, and at times, I think, like, things are, you know, too tight or they're too loose or whatever. But I don't um, – I just follow the rules. Like, I'm not standing outside a gym like you better open Planet Fitness. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Like, I – you know. And, and, and that's just how I'll be through the whole thing. Like, if they say everything opens up on Monday, that's not Friday. That's not Saturday. When you that's say they, do you mean like, the government or a yeah, CDC? The okay. government. Okay. Um, and like now we do have a the issue of like, well, who do you trust? You know, um, some people very much trust the president. Some people do not. Some people trust uh, Doctor Fauci. Some people do not. I think you could spin any number to look any way. But it's like free agency. People are tweeting. You don't know who to believe. You don't know who's a good source. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who's that guy? Who's the guy who fucks everything up? Dan Clark. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Who's the Dan Clark? <laughs> of <Right>? Corona. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I hate how I I hate how political it is. How political it is is absolutely awful. Um, 
And like, I get it. I get, I get the people. So I don't get the people who are like, I want to get a haircut. Right. I get the people who are like, yo, I own, like I worked very hard, saved money, uh, and like opened a gym. And like, I need to open it. Like, give me a fighting chance. I totally get that. Let me put a, in place a 15 step thing or whatever it is and limit the capacity. Let me go down swinging at least, you know, but the people were just like, I got a Willie McCoy's down the block. I just want to go get a burger. Like you're not asking to go. You're asking for other people to go back to work or whatever. It's a big difference. The haircut. I don't understand this obsession with haircuts. Like that is the last thing that I would think would need to open. There are so many more important things than getting a shape up or trimming your hair. What is the obsession with that? I don't know. Like I used to be, I used to get my hair cut when I was like your age. I was getting my hair cut like every week. Um, then it went to like every two weeks. Now it's like every three weeks, maybe a shave up. I haven't touched my hair. Like I don't, I also don't understand people who are having their wives, girlfriends, whatever, cut their hair. You did it early on. So she at least had something to like go off of. But I Mm -hmm. see people whose hair, like your hair's grown out. It's like, there's no shape to what used to be there. You're just asking her to start from scratch. You did it early. So like she see, like, again, she had like a template. But I'm just like, I'm not seeing anyone. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's my- the thing. Pe- people are rushing out to get haircuts. So what? So they can go look good when they're sitting on their couch? It just makes no sense. It's not like you're going to a, a ball or a gala or any kind of social event where people are going to be looking at your hair. Dude, look at my hair. It is so white and so long. I yeah, don't think yeah. – I think people wow. would be surprised actually how gray my hair is because when I keep it short, you can't really tell. But I have like – I have the wings out the side of the hat. Well, poly yeah. walnuts going on. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, it was weird because like when Georgia opened, it was like hairdressers, bowling alleys, and I'm like, is that your commerce? <laughs> bowling alleys. I was like, is that what uh, we're is that what we're doing? So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm a follow the rules guy because because people like Jamie, like there are people who do not have the option, you know, and. I mean, it's kind of weird. I, I also am like, oh, you're doing the job that you signed up for. Like, there are no surprises. Like, I get that mm-hmm. there's a risk. I appreciate that risk. Um, but I used to see some people get very on their high horse. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, people are out there risking their lives every day, you know, going to work. So the least I can do is follow the rules. Exactly. Just and, and just a little PSA, man. Tip your Uber Eats drivers and your Grubhub drivers and and your and all those guys. I mean, those guys are running around like crazy, not making a you know, not making a ton of money. They're trying to trying to survive and bring you your your burger and fries. Tip them. So I this might make me a bad guy. I don't I'm not doing delivery. No, that's fine. But yeah. if you do it, if you're too oh, yeah. lazy to get off your couch or you need food and, and they're you know, you're getting your burger or your pizza or whatever, give the guy at least five bucks, you know. I've preferably been, ten. I've been doing uh I do pickup because I want to cut out a person in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Like, because that person's going, like you said, they're running around all over. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they're being safe, whatever. But I'm worried about me and my family. But um, I tip anyway, so I don't know where the money goes. If I'm being honest. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. Know. Right. Uh, but I do tip. Or... I've been tipping anyway. So but you see all these articles about like somebody order forty five dollars worth of food on Uber Eats and they, and they tip a dollar fifty. It's like how I just don't understand how you could do that. I feel like tipping with the advent of like online ordering and stuff has really changed the tipping game because i remember 
you order a pizza. Like I delivered pizzas when I was in high school, and granted, I'm 35 now, so you know we are talking like 20 years ago. I delivered pizzas, and I deliver a pizza, and if it was wings or whatever it was, and they tip me like a dollar, you know, or two dollars, and it doesn't matter if I spent thirty dollars or whatever, I carried the same amount. Then we did go, we went to this percentage system. You know, because all the online things have the percentage, but it really used to just be like, oh, if, you know, it was $37 or 36 and change, like here's 40 bucks. Yeah, that, Where, that like, is how it used to be. That's how it is with cash a lot of the times, but now yeah. none of it's, none of it's cash. Yeah. And I think people use the service fee as kind of like they think, oh, I paid a delivery fee or I paid a service fee, so I don't have to tip. But your driver ain't getting any of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been big things about like Grubhub. If you, I don't know if you've seen any of these articles that restaurants are just exposing like, yo, here's how much they actually take. Like I sold $1,500 worth of stuff and I got $200 because what I saw that. But what I don't understand is you'll go to a, uh, a restaurant. Sometimes you'll go to their website and try to order, pick up or delivery, and they automatically redirect you to one of those apps. Like the only way to order pickup from a place is caviar pickup or something. So that's what I don't understand why they redirect you there if they're losing money. Well, these guys, they created a market and it's just like – they're trying to stay competitive with the uh, with everyone else that uh, is out there. So they're just like, well, we've got to play in this space. Um, and that makes sense why it's so overpriced. Because sometimes you'll 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 load some items into a cart and you'll be like, wait, sixty five dollars for two burgers? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's rough. It's rough. Um, so I hope you uh, you continue to be on the mend and feel better. Um, you know, hopefully it'll be out of your system. Uh, but we got to talk some baseball. We are, we are, me and judge are still healing. Yeah. (laughs) Basically the same. Um, so we've gotten new, uh, so we don't have a deal yet. A week ago we said like, who knows? Maybe we'll know something. I think that was kind of, that was hopeful of us. Um, I don't believe it looks good. Uh, I think from what we've heard, you know, the initial thing was obviously the money. And then did Blake Snell? He did his thing after us, right? Blake Snell was the morning. It was the morning that that ours dropped. Yeah, it was Wednesday. Yeah, so of course. But you know, we had just heard about it. Blake Snell that later that night after we recorded goes on Twitch. All these players are on Twitch, and um, says, "I'm not taking less money." Uh, he said it. Uh, he used a lot of slang in there, which I think, you know, people are holding against him. But he essentially said, yeah, I'm not taking less money. I already took a 50% cut. And I got to put my life on the line. And some people, that rubbed him the wrong way. And he's like, and I won't be, or I won't be able to see my family. And I've already given up half the money. I'm not taking less. And because of the way he delivered it, I think there was some pushback initially of like, you believe this guy? But then... Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, I, no, not Trout, Harper, Nolan Arenado, few other guys have come out, um, you know, Clayton Kershaw, in support and said, like, yeah, maybe he didn't deliver it the best way. Maybe Tony Clark should have delivered this. Maybe there are a billion other things to talk about before we get to that, but the guy's not wrong, you know. Exactly. Uh, I think that's what the consensus was. And people are picking on him because the way he said it. And he he was talking while he was playing a video game. You know what I mean? It was such a... It's such an untraditional way to give your take on things. That's the other thing. He was like half paying attention. 
Plus, if someone's trying to take like $5 million from me, I might say it in a fucked up way how mad I am. I mean, I'd be like, you know, actually, we've really thought about it. I'd be like, no, dog, you're not taking my money because it's about five mil right now. Realistically, I don't really have a strong take on it. I think he made, I think he raised some good points. I think he also, part of it, he also sounded like an idiot. Like, I don't think anybody's 100% right or 100% wrong. Everybody wants to make everything black or white. There is a whole lot of gray with this whole back and forth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. I, I am 100% on the player side. Okay. I think the anyone who says, uh, like it'd be good for the country. Yeah, it would be good for the country. They don't owe it to the country to go out there and do that. Like you want good for the country. You can probably get a bunch of these guys to go play one exhibition game. That's good for the country. Um, but when we're talking about playing 82 games, traveling and all this stuff, the country doesn't need 82 games, you know? No. So, and it's uh, the way things are framed makes it look so much worse on the players. Because like we said the last week, the owners, all the headlines say owners approve plan to return. So it sounds like they okayed this. They okayed a plan to bring to the players. It also says, like, they keep saying the owners would lose $4 billion. And they would not lose $4 billion. They just won't make $4 billion that they would normally make. Like, it's just... You know, Michael Eisner always says, like, don't judge me on the things I passed on. Judge me on the things I did. Like, I didn't get this movie for Disney, but I did all these other things. Worry about what I did, not, like, mm-hmm. missed opportunity. And that's what they're worried about, missed opportunity, where it's just, like, if normally being an owner you make X amount of dollars, you're going to only make 20% of that. But, like, you're not losing money. And maybe there's small market teams that might, but I don't, you know, be better. I am the last person will ever feel bad for small market teams. Like we've talked about how people would always cry poor. The Twins, their owner has more money than the Steinbrenners. All of these guys, the A's guy, the people that cry poor for these small market teams, I think they just don't understand the economics of baseball or just economics, period. People think about it like like the owner of these teams. Like they didn't like save up and buy their local team. (laughs) Dude, and these and the other thing is these guys have so many revenue streams that aren't related to baseball. Just think about the Yankees for a second. They have the Amazon thing. They have the soccer team. They have a ton of investments and stuff that we don't know about. Like it's not just it's not just a baseball team. And all these guys have hundreds of streams of income. Yeah, I mean you're business people. Just do some business. I think you know the. I think the same way people are like, they should just go do it, you know, for the country. I've argued with some people on Twitter. The owners should just say, it should just be owners, just pay them and, and get them out there. So that brings us to what we know. What we know is that they haven't even, so I've, I've actually learned more about how this whole process goes, that on Tuesday into Wednesday, MLB comes in, and it's not when I say into, I mean they met again on Wednesday. Um, this isn't like a collective bargaining through the night. Uh, MLB comes in and just presents the plan, and it takes a long time. And the players' association will ask some questions, but they won't start. They won't provide feedback. So even if the MLB came in and was just like, yeah, so uh, we, we fuck your wives, we pay you a dollar 
It's going to be 73 games, whatever it is. They, they don't respond. Positive, negative, nothing. They take in all the information. Then they go back, uh, look at it, and they come back with their rebuttal. Um, obviously, I'm sure things, you know, get leaked either way. Uh, and we even heard some stuff over the weekend of of things that players were – they're just kind of considering like non-starters or like how are these going to be enforced. So the general idea of this 67-page document, which includes um, charts and diagrams, uh, which I'm pretty – do I actually have a, a link to it? Did you look at the seating charts? No, they're did hysterical. You? Yeah, they're hysterical. Like you got to have a certain amount of players in the stands. Coaches can't be three feet apart. Think about at least watching Yankee games. How Boone and Larry—they're always whispering to each other. Yeah, uh, a millimeter apart. Like if you just think—if you've ever watched baseball or played baseball, these rules are impossible to follow. It will never work. No spitting, no high-fiving, no dipping. It's just so unrealistic. I can't believe they put this on paper. A day in the life of, like, a baseball player, if you wake up – so if you are on the road, you are confined to your hotel in the stadium unless you have special permission. And I would imagine that special permission would be if you are playing where you're, like, from. And it's like, hey, I'm going to my parents' house for dinner. You have to get approval on it. Um, so right there, that's tough. But the idea, if you are a Major League Baseball, you're Brett Gardner, you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to use your MLB-issued thermometer to check your own temperature. If it's under 100 degrees – you can now start your day. If it's over 100 degrees, you call the league. Um, you start your day, and then I think you have to check again before you leave. Yeah, it's twice. Twice. Twice in the morning. So then you are – you do whatever it is that you do, and if you're in your home city, you're not supposed to be doing much regardless. Um, you then have to get in your own car – so no Uber, no taxis, no subway. Go to Yankee Stadium. Possibly in his uniform already, like a little leaguer. <laughs> this is there's some vagaries to this. Uh from the hotel, it's like becomes a lot more likely. Go get in line outside the stadium. Get your temperature checked again. Then you're allowed to go to the clubhouse. But some of you can't because there's not enough space in the clubhouse to keep everyone six feet apart. So they're going to have to build auxiliary lockers in the hallway. Um, if you need some hydrotherapy or anything like that, no. You can't do that at the stadium. Um, there's some access to weight rooms. There are no indoor meetings. So the morning hitting – the hitting meeting – is either on like maybe an iPad or you're outside spread out in the field to do your meetings. Uh, when the game comes, they'll stand six feet apart from each other uh, down the line for the national anthem or whatever, it, you know, however they do it. Um, they will, and this is where I'm curious, like, cause I would think they'd have more of that. Like you start televising more of that cause the country needs it or whatever. Um, so that'll look ridiculous. With the 30-person roster, 
the 30 guys, if you're not likely to be in the game, so if you're Tanaka and Cole's pitching, you have to sit in the stands. There has to be at least four seats between you and the next person and two rows between you and the person in front of you or behind you. Um, and now we're ready to play baseball. Nope, we're not ready to play baseball because we haven't exchanged the lineup cards, and we're not going to. There's an app for that. Yeah, can't do it. <laughs> so no lineup cards. Um, and then there – now the game starts. Pitchers can't lick their fingers. They'll have their own personalized rosin bags. Um, no high fives. Uh, no spitting on the field, obviously. We're not animals. If a ball is hit, let's say there's a base hit to right field. Judge fields it, throws it into DJ. That ball's now out of play. Throw that shit out, yeah. You got to get good. rid of it because it's a bomb. And so you go through the game with all these – Things going on, and who knows about like mound visits and shit like that. Um, game's over, no showers. Cannot shower. You now leave after playing a full Major League Baseball game. No hydrotherapy after the game. No, um, no catering. And well, forget about post game interviews. Forget about any media. Forget about media at all, really. I mean, are Where am just, I going to get my injury updates? You know, when when Gary gets removed, you know, limping up the line with a hamstring strain, who's going to tell me? Standing, I, I think it's just like a standing Zoom me- meeting. You just, oh my god! And then it's a nightmare. So when you lay all those things out, we're not even at money. <laughs> you can see. Oh, and so players will be tested. Um. Like every couple of days, so like two or three times a week. Uh, so we're looking at like a quarter million, like two hundred thousand tests. Um, and the league is also in the cities that the teams play is going to sponsor any first responder tests. We'll cover those frontline people. So you know, two hundred thousand some of the tests which have not been purchased yet, and um. That all has to come together and go off flawlessly. If someone tests positive, the team doesn't shut down. If they uh, are fine in a week, they can come back. They have to do like two negative tests, uh, and they'll just closely monitor the players better. Uh, there isn't much talk of extended family or how you know how that would work yet. So, to me, I look at all this and go, maybe it's just not safe to do it. It seems ridiculous, and if, like I said, if you've ever played baseball or watched baseball, none of this stuff, none of this stuff is realistic. Who's going to be the guy that tells Brett Gardner that he can't spit or put a lip in or, ha- or have sunflower seeds? It's ridiculous. All the crazy high fives and fist bumps that the Yankees do after one of them hits a homer, whether it's you know Stanton gets a handoff when he's coming around third, Judge does the grovel thing, Glaber does the little skip with the high five. Like they all have their choreographed high fives and dances that they're not going to be able to do. It it really takes away. From a lot of the fun, I think, and and when I mean Tanaka sitting in the stands, I mean how ridiculous is that? Yeah, because you can't sit in the clubhouse. Like it, it makes it's just to the point. Like if the managers can't exchange lineup cards, what are we doing? If two guys can't exchange a piece of paper or like whatever, it's just a handshake or whatever, then why? Are, then it's too dangerous to be out here. 
do I, I, do I think that they need all these restraints to play? Not necessarily. But, like, the league's clearly making an effort because they need it to be perfect. So I think, like, statistically, someone has to die. Like, according to, like, however you want to spin the numbers, the amount of people that it is, someone's going to get, you know, people are going to get sick, someone's going to die, whether it's someone's dad, grandfather, or whatever that they Or see. the grounds crew, or the whoever. Yeah. Non, non-players that, are, you know, that have to be there, essential, people that are essential, that are essential to baseball. And, and yeah, I, I just don't see it with all these restrictions. The other thing is there's no way to police, you know, who's, and who's going to tell Giancarlo that he can't go out and see the girlfriend that he has in Toronto or the girlfriend that he has in Boston or Tampa Bay? I, these guys are going to go out and, and do what they want to do. There's no way to enforce it. And there's no way to enforce any of the on-field stuff too. You, you know, what, what's somebody going to get fined if they spit? The whole thing's ridiculous. They have no idea about the penalties. And, I mean, we hope it comes back. But right now, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back. Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. We'll talk more baseball uh, in a second. Did you watch the, the documentary? The Bulls song. I did. I, yeah, I watched everyone, everyone live. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. It's um, I like that they're bringing in at least these guys are bringing in players. Like Bet Online's like, oh, here are some guys who are actually there, versus like everyone who just like we got a snap reaction to the last dance. So like we recorded it right after it was over. You'll have it in your podcast in the morning. It's like, oh yeah, you're gonna recap a thing that took 22 years to make. Like right, like. <laughs> They took 22 years to make this, and they're better than you at it. We don't need to recap. At least these guys got players. Yeah, it's really cool what they're doing, and it was also really cool just to have some sort of live event. Like I always said that that first Sunday that they did the last dance on Twitter, it kind of felt like we were waiting till kickoff of the Super Bowl because everyone's tweeting about it. What food are you getting? What are you drinking for the last dance? It's the most normal thing that I think we've had, and I think they're going to do something on McGuire and Sosa summer 98 chasing Roger Maris, which I have zero recollection of. Um, so that'd probably be pretty interesting for you. I mean, you probably remember that a lot better than I do. Oh yeah. I mean, cause I grew up in the Bronx on city Island. So it was just Dominicans coming out for like, uh, for seafood with, <laughs> they would have written on like their car windows, like how many home runs Sammy Sosa had. That's hysterical. A, what were you like? 10, 11 and 98, uh, 13. Okay. Oh, yeah. so you probably remember it vividly then. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. It's uh, it's crazy because the Yankees won 100 and whatever 14 games and got totally overshadowed by the home run race. Yeah, man. I mean, the world it was exciting. I was pumped for it. Uh, McGuire broke uh, the home run record the night before school started, like the first day of school. Uh, so okay. went into the first day of school in like our you know first day of school outfits and just crushing uh, you know baseball talk. Um, but we have another sponsor. So, guys, if you're looking to last longer and go an extra, a few extra rounds, get to Bluetooth.com. Bluetooth.com has the first ever chewable that brings performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. 
And since they're chewable, they work faster. You take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-U-B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. I wonder how they test that. Like, one guy takes Viagra, another takes Cialis, another takes Blue Chew, see who gets hard faster. <laughs> see who lasts yeah. last the longest. Test it out on porn stars. Right. Um, so, yeah, back to baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, I just – there's just so many layers to it that it, it feels like the precaution they're taking makes it feel unsafe. Exactly. You also have to understand – if the players are quarantining in there and they're not going anywhere and they're staying each other, you got to at least let the 25 guys or the 40 guys on the team interact and mingle. Or it's just not a natural clubhouse. It's, it's just not realistic. Like I said, if you've ever been in a locker room, played sports, done anything similar to that, you know that this simply can't work. And even if they do technically pass these rules, the players aren't going to listen. They're not going to listen. So here's another reason I don't like it. I don't think it benefits the Yankees. Because New York is a hot spot. Uh, you know, it'll continue to be because people are on top of each other. You know? So our players are more likely to get it, I would say, than, you know, if you're on the Kansas City Royals. You know, so, and every, you know, coast has their hot spot and Minnesota, whatever. But it's far more likely that someone on the Yankees would contract this. And it's far more likely that five players on the Yankees then contract it. And it's far more likely that Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, <laughs> Garrett Cole all have to miss two weeks of the season. Which in 81 games is a ton. It's forever. That's done. You're done if that happens. So we would have built this, you know – World Series team, and you thought the like last year we thought we were getting fucked on injuries. We still went out there and won all those games. This year we get fucked on injuries. There's just not enough games. Like there's not enough. Someone if they were to play like what they're talking about, or two teams would find a way to slip through because in 82 games it's not enough time for water to find its level. Exactly, and that's the best part about baseball. Like we say, the regular season means something. It, it's a marathon. You're playing every single day. There's a, a Bud Selig has a great quote, uh, football is a Sunday escape and baseball is an everyday activity or something like that. It, it really is. It's part of everyday life as opposed to just getting drunk on a Sunday for three hours and, and watching your football team. It, it's every day. That's the beauty of it. And look, man, this, this hurt, it, hurts to, it hurts to hear this, and as much as it pains me to say, it might just make more sense to get – let's make sure we get 2021 right. Let's start gearing up for that now. How are we going to start spring training on time? Because this shit isn't going away. So here's another thing. Obviously, the money. We've talked about it before, whatever. I think the best shot at getting this to happen is if the owners just say, we're going to pay you for the amount of games you play, so we don't even have to argue about that. But there's a risk. Let's just admit, there's a risk. We There is no perfect system. 
And if you don't want to play this year, that's fine. No one gets paid. We don't play. But we're willing to pay you. And they're, you know, we discourage you from doing all these things. But, like, let's just admit it. There was a big risk here. Because that's the thing that's going on. Is players are like, I'm putting my life on the line. And other people are like, ah, it's not even that bad. You're a young athlete. You're a stud. You'll pass, you know, it'll pass right through you. No issue. Um, so I think that's a possibility. I have some other ideas. Love to hear those. Um, so they're building this stadium in Iowa, right? Uh, there's no season. I don't think I don't think there will, will be a season. I would love to be proven wrong. Um, I I, just, I don't want to be right on this at all. But if there's not, and for the like, well, America needs this. I'm going to bring my gun to Michigan's capital. Um, get the insurance or whatever you have to get to have these guys, and get four teams worth of players, and divvy them up. You have maybe a draft. Uh, of like four captains, like you get like Harper, Trout, Judge, someone else. Well, who knows if Judge is even healthy? Um, and you give them patriotic names, stars, stripes, tanks, eagles, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and you bring them out to Iowa and play like a round robin thing for like a week. Get people who are fun. like, who are willing to quarantine for like 10 days beforehand. And then you go and do that and then. There you go. You'll get your fix on TV. I mean, I think that's a, that could get us something. Ratings would be through the roof, too. I mean, you think about how many people were watching the MJ thing, and that wasn't even a live event. That was just a yeah. documentary. I think the ratings would be through the roof. Uh, ESPN would pay a ton of money to MLB or whatever their – I don't know what their contract situation is. Somebody would pay a lot of money to air that, whether it be Fox, ESPN, or whoever. Everybody would tune in. It would be kind of cool. They could televise the draft or whatever, like kind of gym school, gym class, have captains. Yeah. However you want to do it, could do it old school like that. So that's not a bad idea. I mean, that, yeah, that stadium, that stadium is being built regardless. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Field of Dream series. Well, I think the backup plan is that if this, if the season went on, the Yankees would be replaced by the Cubs. So you get, uh, Cubs, White Sox. And everybody would just drive from Chicago to see that. And yeah, that probably makes more sense to begin. Probably should have been that way to begin with. Yeah. Also, it probably would have been. Um, also, the I forgot about in the rules, they'll have six buses going from the hotel if you're on the a road city. You have to be on one of the six buses. I was reading about that, too. And previously, there was an early bus and a late bus. Yeah, because no one took the buses because they're adults and left and did stuff. You know, like DJ was definitely on that that six a.m. early bus. <laughs> DJ is the only one. He gets a tent in every city and just camps outside. He's probably taking grounders right now. Right now, and I mean, right now is when we're saying this and recording this, and right now to whenever someone's listening to this, he's probably also because that's all he grounders. does. Yeah, um, yeah. It just it stinks because you try to. I'm trying to be optimistic, so. I have had I had a source come to me that said the league is was also looking at setting up four stadiums, one in the east, one in the west, one in the north, one in the south. Doesn't really make sense to me. And um 
this is a backup plan. It's like, well, maybe if we get four little, like kind of like four bubble type situations going or something like that. I don't really know the details. I just know there are certain things that have to be done to set something like this up. You need permits and uh, you need office supplies and you need water and you need, you know, all the things to run this stuff. And there have been at least quotes given. I've talked to agents and I've talked to players who have not heard anything about any of that. They just stand. Anyone who I've talked to who is a Major League Baseball player or an agent has said, we are not giving back a penny. And why should they? They shouldn't have to take the full – because owners are asking the players to take the entire loss of fans, of fan revenue essentially. you got to just split that, man. They're looking to split it. I th- see, I thought the owners were, were trying to pass that 100% onto the players, the lack of fan revenue, and that's why they're not agreeing on the original thing that they agreed on in March. No, so they're saying, like, without fans, with fans, we can pay you, like, per game what it is. With we can give you 50% of what you would have Without made. fans, yeah. we lose, like, 40% of our revenue, so... Essentially, we want to pay you kind of on average like sixty percent of what uh, of the half. Sixty percent of the half. So okay, and I, I'm so still it'd be skeptical. Thirty like percent salary. I'm still skeptical that that fan revenue is forty percent of the revenue. I, I mean, maybe for the Yankees it is, but like I said, some of those other teams. I'm very. How many people are buying Marlins hats? Well, that's the problem too. Is with this whole thing, baseball doesn't share their numbers and MLB the MLBPA has asked for more information like out of when they heard all the information they were just like we want to see more documentation uh and whether or not they've gotten it I don't know but they normally don't get it that's why there is no salary cap uh, a big part is because like you don't give us the transparency into it so if we don't see the numbers and know that you're not lying, we're just going to just pay us to show up. Exactly. And no, and no owner is ever going to open their books. I mean, can you imagine the Steinbrenners <laughs> opening yeah. up their books? I mean, it's funny to even just say it out loud because it would never happen. I think some information about some teams get out because they're owned by, like, corporations. Um, and so, you know, they're a public, you know, SEC stuff. But um, – yeah, no. I mean, these players, they, they, these owners, they don't, they don't want to do that. They're just, they're hoping on societal pressure. Exactly, and they're also hoping on the fact that people will just assume that the players are the greedy ones, and that's why all these, you know, all these writers, the Nightingales, the Haymans, they all come in from the owners' perspective, and they they come out with these clickbait headlines of MLB, MLB agrees on. Like just because the like how we talked about last week, just because the owners agreed on something, that doesn't mean that the players agreed on it. And and it seems like these writers just keep coming at us from the owners' perspective. And it's like, um, yeah, I, it's just, would you do your job for thirty percent if it was risky? And like, there is no saying it's not risky because look at all the steps that we have to take. And to a certain extent, your Buy so it's weird because baseball as a whole has always said that they don't pay minor leaguers like that they pay minor leaguers enough money. And the argument is well, based on the time that I am at the field, 
the time that I have to spend working out and practicing and all this stuff, I'm not even making minimum wage because I'm spending all these hours. And baseball is like, well, you know, the game's three hours or whatever, so you make that much money. And they spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year on lobbyists to keep their, you know, antitrust exemption. Now, what they're doing is at the major league level, looking to essentially pay less money and get all that off the field time. Like, they're not just saying, like, oh, the workout. I mean, that's why baseball players get paid. They don't get paid for just what they do on the field. They earned it by all the stuff they do off the field in practicing and working out and all this stuff. But now you're saying, essentially, baseball sh- baseball should be paying the players more money. More, because it's, it's more like, risk, yeah. <laughs> and that, it's more risk in terms of, like, a hazard pay. But also, you are buying my life from 10 o'clock at night until – four o'clock the next day when I get back. Like I have no life because I'm here working for you. Like I'm now to a certain extent, I'm working 24 seven. I'm on call. You're exactly right. And, and, and that just made me think of the Blake Snell thing, Blake Snell. And he, he could sit around and chill and play video games and make money off of his Twitch stream with zero risk and and do okay and be relaxed. Or he can go make 30% of what he would have made normally and you know not and basically be like a 12 year old and not be allowed to leave his house i kind of don't blame him for his comments now that i now that i you know you just told me about the after hours part yeah i mean because if you can't and then if you do and then you end up being sick then you're a jerk off like you know there's no oh they'll get judged so hard if one if something happens and it might not even be their fault it might be they walk through the hotel lobby and Bumped into, you know, it could be something that's totally out of their control. And oh, can you imagine? I'm just picturing the headlines of Stanton. Got it. Oh, he's not a true Yankee. <laughs> yeah, I can hear I mean, all you. The idiots. All, I can already hear you saying it about. Uh, I would never say that about Stanton. But like, oh, also in the dugout and the guys who are sitting in the stands, you got to wear masks. Uh, oh, and when it's it's 105 degrees in August in a day game at Yankee Stadium, and you're going to ask. Home. Yeah, I don't play. The other thing is the players – think about how hot it gets in the stands. Players, they have the air-conditioned clubhouse. They got the dugout. The misters. We, yeah, we've sat in the Yankee Stadium seats when it's 100 degrees, and there is no way the Masahiro Tanaka, who makes $25 million a year, is going to go sit in Section 110 baking in the sun for Dude, four open, hours. Open every suite. I'll watch from up in a suite. <laughs> you know, like That's probably what they would do. There's no way those guys are going to be sitting. Even in the movie theater seats and the moat, there's no way. Those guys won't even sit there. No. Um, oh, and so here's another big issue with this uh, plan, apparently. As MLB put this together, and again, I think they did a a very thorough job of you know, putting something together. Uh, they did not consult with any of the local like health people in any of the cities. So, like, you need the local government to approve that you can even open up and do any of this, and they're not um, – they, they just didn't do it. They also have no protocol for what happens if you're on the road and somebody tests positive. Do you, do you leave them there? Yeah. Do you bring them back? Somebody brought up the point of what happens if one of our players tests positive in, in Toronto, and all of a sudden they're in another country with other laws, and MLB totally left that vague, and they didn't address that at all, and kind of left it up to the teams. So there's still a lot of, still a lot of you know, room here for interpretation. I, I heard one of the managers, I forget who, was like, one of my guys gets sick on the road. What do I do? I drive him home from Minnesota? <laughs> what a... 
like a you know, like when someone doesn't pick up their kid from Little League, it's like I don't know, I give him a, a ride home. <laughs> Just leave him at the park. Now, nah, yeah, there, there are way too many holes with this current plan. And maybe, look, maybe between now and June 1st, we'll see a revised proposal that maybe has half of this stuff. But if you're going to make these guys quarantine anyway, you got to let them be natural when they're at the field. If they're really not going out and seeing anybody, you got to at least have them have their normal interactions. And, and to me, that's one of the most – everybody has their own reasons for loving baseball. One of the most fun parts about me is watching the Yankees is when somebody hits a home run and, you know, I know Glaber and Judge, they have their little high five and then they do the sh- like the little whisper thing. I like that Voight does the big fist bump where he jumps up. Like I love watching them interact like that and to lose that, I think, I think you're losing a lot. Yeah. I mean, there so it would be a very different game. Uh I feel like to a certain extent it would take forever. Like baseball oh games are long already, yeah. but like you're switching out every ball and you know, the guys who put the mud on the balls before have to wear gloves, that's in there. They covered that, but not what happens if a guy gets sick on the road. And yeah, like they've you know, there's time to rethink it. What's today's date? I mean we're recording this on come on. The nineteenth. The nineteenth. Clock's ticking, man. Clock is ticking. We're looking at eleven days, you know. Yeah. Because people maybe stopped getting paid. So I just I, I I wish I could feel better about it because there are again I'm a rules guy so there are places where the numbers are going down or plateauing and there are. People who say, oh, these numbers are lies and those numbers are lies. I just – I have to trust the numbers because I don't have time to go down conspiracy theory things. So, like, Georgia is staying, like, pretty flat. Florida is staying pretty flat. But now someone got fired today for apparently trying to expose that they were lying, whatever. Uh, Texas is going up. Minnesota's going up. So, you know, and who knows what's going to happen after the beach is open. My hope is nothing. My hope is like Jersey's fine, but time's not on anyone's side. The, I mean, the NBA has like another week or two to make a decision. They do. And, and let's be honest, May 31st at midnight, the ball's going to drop and we're going to turn into pumpkins. If there's no agreement, it's a hard deadline. Cause you said, I mean, well, they need at least 10 days to get to spring training. You need at least three weeks to have a spring training and you can't really start after much later than early July. I mean, what's the latest that July 15th would be the absolute last day for an opening day? I mean, it's we're really coming down to it. I mean, yeah, then you're looking at like a 70 game season, which is just which is just absurd. It's funny they did. So I was reading an article and it showed that if the season would have ended last year after 81 games, these are these would have been the playoff teams. And it was totally different in which the playoff teams actually were, and the Nationals actually wouldn't have made the postseason, and they won the World Series. It just shows you how stupid an 81-game season is. At a certain point, it's not a World Series anymore. It's the baseball championship. It's a different thing. It's sad, man. It's sad. And and, and honestly, like I didn't want, even want to get into this, and it's way too early, but I'm already starting to get a little anxious about 2021. So someone has to go first, right? And I'm not talking about like UFC or WWE where like, oh, they could do it without fans and it's two guys, you know, and whatever. People are going to watch that. I'm talking about real, like the major sports. And I think for everyone, 
the best scenario would be if the NBA ha- had gone first or went first or like, you know, just the way the numbers worked, it was able for them to do, cause they could do a bubble. We talked about Vegas. There's Orlando as a possibility where they could just bubble. Um, but if they can't even get that going and they have a less that they have to like play out, like it's tough to see like, Oh, we're going to ramp up, get 82 games in, get this playoffs in. Maybe there's a second wave. Maybe there's not. I just don't think so. Um, football is another huge one of are we going to get an NFL season? If we, will there be fans there? How many fans? Things like that. And then of course college, which I find very funny because there are schools that are saying like we are, campus is going to be closed. We're going to be essentially an online college. Uh, for the fall, and then there's all the things with like how much should tuition be and shit like that. But how can you say they're student athletes, student first? All the students are off campus. Football teams here. We're gonna play games. Well, I was gonna say college football, and think about it. There's no college football players union. Those guys have zero say. They don't even. They don't get. A, they don't get a word on the matter. And yes, these these old these old rich guys are going to figure out. These athletic directors or whoever are going to figure out whether they should put their lives at risk. Those guys are the biggest losers. College as college athletes, I think, or any college students in general. Man, that that would suck to to get all excited to go away to school and oh, we're doing online. You know, first day of college in your childhood bedroom <laughs> instead yeah. of a dorm. It's not. Yeah, I just I think. It's just not going to happen for baseball because I think there's a, a combination of like there are the financials that eventually have to be discussed, but I just based on what we're seeing, it's just not it, it's just not there. Like it's just not the plan that they have. I think is great in terms of like effort and in terms of trying to think of every detail, but there are too many details, and we're walking a, on a razor's edge. Game of Jenga, man. As soon as somebody that's too drunk pulls the wrong cube, whole thing falls apart. I did. I know we're up against it. I did want to ask you about something uh, that that occurred in our in our group chat. So, Bronx Pinstripes group chat. I forget if this was last week. Somebody made a comment. I don't even remember who it was. Saying basically that Stanton is you know a lesser version of Aaron Judge, poor man's Aaron Judge. And you kind of pushed back and talked about Stanton having an MVP and a home run title and that he's healthy right now. I think every Yankee fan pretty much prefers Judge over Stanton. Do you prefer Stanton over Judge? I'm just curious. Um, Aaron Judge has not done enough. I think, like, if you just look at it, like, I think either one of them, like, right now, neither one of them is great in my mind because they've been injured and, you know, I'm a what have you done for me lately. Jaron Carlos Stanton has two home run titles. Had, you know, two times Silver Slugger, MVP, won all these things. And he had a very bad year last year just in terms of, you know, games played because he got, he got hurt. And he got hurt a couple of years ago when he got hit in the face. Um, yes. You know, kind of things that you can't necessarily, like, I don't know, you, you, you can't necessarily prevent. Maybe last year was preventable, but. I just think he's done more in his career, and in 2018, he played like 88 straight games uh, with a bad knee 
for the Yankees while Judge was out for a while. everybody was hurt. And he actually played 159 out of 162 in 2018, which is in the modern day. What, he played, no, he played 158. The year before that was 159. 150. Okay, okay. The last year in Miami. So it's like last year we had the 18 games and, it, you know, I mean, we fired our whole training staff. We had a billion injuries. So it's hard to say, you know, what's wrong with you because everyone was injured. Um, and then he's playing almost a full season two years before that. He's had some injuries. You know, he had a couple injury years where he's playing 120 games. I think 74 is when he got hit in the face. But he was uh, 120, 145, 150. Like he's playing – a lot of games in his career, whereas Aaron Judge came in and gave us a hope that we were looking for after, you know, the Jeter years. And then, you know, that's great. 2017, we almost won the World Series. He had 52 home runs. Um, He walked a lot, but he also led the league in strikeouts. You look at last year with 102 games, 112 the year before, both 27 home runs, which is good. But as I said in our chat, those are Richie Sexton numbers. On the offensive side of the ball, he is. I do think yeah. Judge gets a he gets a little bit underrated on the de- defensive side of the ball. He's never won a Gold Glove, despite last year he had the best. I think it's defensive run save per nine innings or per one fifty for whenever he was on the field. He was the best defensive. But right he's not so, on the field enough. Yeah, and that, and that, and that's a problem. And I almost think like did he set expectations a little too high? Because twenty seventeen was incredible and to do that as a rookie and he should have been the MVP like did he just set the expectations a bit too high coming onto the scene that's what I would I mean even the first year you know he played in 27 games and if you know he hit four home runs was that 2016 uh, when he came up in August yeah, or whatever? but then okay. like he went down with what it was a knee with the oblique, oh, oblique. so September yeah. But nobody was paying attention, and this is the thing. Mo- a lot of Yankee fans who are or Yankees Twitter that are big Yankee fans now, I mean, we kn- we were watching in 2016, but a lot of people weren't. Once we traded Chapman and Miller at that deadline, a lot of people kind of tuned out, and a lot of people didn't see Gary Sanchez burst onto the scene with 20 homers in 49 games, or whatever that is. Like, I think a lot of people just weren't watching in 2016. Yeah, I mean, well... It, it was kind of like a passing, you know, passing of the torch. A Rod's out; these guys are in, um, and there's not really much to watch. That's when we were, you know, everyone gets a, a day. You know, it's Jorge Posada day, where you yep. know, we're just trucking people out there. So, you know, Judge played 102 last year. Gary played 106, and we think of Gary as like an injury guy, like he's always going to have a hamstring. He played, yeah, 89 the year before. Um, battling some injuries, but, uh, you know, played 122 games in 2017, the same year that Judge, you know, had his big year. So it's like two guys being there playing all the time. I just think it's very – Aaron Judge just gets a pass on being injured all the time. And I get it's not always his fault, but, like, it's not Stanton's fault either when he gets injured. Agreed. And, and Judge and Sanchez are easy to compare because they're both power hitters, came up through the system, came up at the same time. But let's remember, Gary plays the most demanding position on the field, and Aaron Judge plays arguably the least demanding position on the field in terms of physical wear and tear and injuries as well. So so Gary has a bit more of an excuse that he's crouching for three hours a night, whereas, whereas Judge isn't. So that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to get um, – if you're going to – Go out there and be a, you know, average to above average, not too far below average catcher, but great offensively. Like, we're going to take that. 
Whereas in right field, you have to not be that great defensively, and he is great defensively, but like you have to light up the world offensively, and in order to do that, you have to be on the field. Yep, and think about how many great right fielders there are. I mean, just right off the top, Christian Yelich and, and Mookie Betts. I mean, is I mean, at Judd's probably at best, he's the third best right fielder, I guess, in, in, in baseball. So it's, it's a really competitive position. I mean, there's so many great outfielders, and there's really not many great catchers. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he, he strikes out still a fair amount. Yeah, him and Stan both. And that's something where I kind of give them both passes on the strikeouts just because, you know, it seems like a price to pay for the power. And it's part of this day and age in baseball. It seems like everybody's striking out more and hitting more homers. There's less balls in play, less ground balls and fly balls that are outs or in play than ever before. So that's just something with, with baseball. But that's what the new – that's what baseball's looking like, more bigger, stronger power hitters that are just swinging for the fences. So I always say that um, Aaron Judge – I say it like in our chat. I'm like, he's just Richie Sexton so far. Um it's kind of going in – let's go full seasons. So his 25 season, Judge played 155 games, hit 52 home runs, uh, walked 127 times, struck out 208 times, scored 128 runs. Those are all league leads and hit uh, 284. Uh, Richie Sexton played 148 games. Hit 30 home runs, so less home runs, uh, had less RBIs, only had 91 compared to 114, uh, but struck out 50 less times, walked 70 less times, hit 272. Uh, then, you know, as we get to their 27 season, where you know, the next two years, then Richie Saxon plays pretty much at like the same level as Judge. Like, Judge has this one season that's really given him this, like, career war that, you know, he's the fucking man. Um, he's just got to stay healthy. I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, so you just don't like Aaron Judge. I just think, like, he's got to stay healthy. And if you're going to criticize Stanton, you got to criticize him. Yeah, there's there's valid points there. And the other thing, I, I think Stanton, I, I've written a lot about this, that, that he, it, it's almost similar to A-Rod, where people, when you, you come to New York and you're coming off an MVP season, anything less than that is a disappointment. Like, the only years that A-Rod didn't get shit were 05 and 07 when he won the MVP, and then 09 when they won. And he got shit on every other year, whether he hit 40, 45, no matter how well he played, if he didn't win an MVP or they didn't win the World Series, he got shit on. And I just think it's going to be like that for Stanton. For some reason, Yankee fans are really prejudiced against guys that aren't homegrown. Yeah. I mean, because at a certain point, you have to think, like, does it make sense to extend Judge for how many years and for how much money based on what we're going to get? And I don't care about marketability off the field. You put anyone in the pinstripes, they become more marketable. That's a good quote. I like that quote, and I like that when you talk about Jeter's jump throwing, you're like, look, some things just look better in pinstripes. Yeah. Um, one last thing that you see, we haven't had to talk about it for a while. Did you see that LeBron James and his um, agency, like his production company, are making a uh, Houston Astros documentary on the cheating? I did see that today. I couldn't tell if that was a joke. That's actually happening? No, that's real. And then uh, LeBron also owns Clutch Sports, or part owner, the agency. They're Bregman's agent. Bregman fired them today. That's hilarious. Good. Like, Fuck Bregman, It was man. like, whatever, you know, like two days later, he, was, he fired them. So 
Yeah. Who's your least? Do you have a least favorite Astra? Um, I, I no, I really just I don't like all of them now. Like I used to be able to respect them because yeah, I just thought that be, like I respected Bregman, always looking for an edge, always like you know. Anytime, you know, if he walked or he got a hit or whatever, like he always had something to tell the next guy. And I really liked that. I admired that. Um, I don't really like Verlander that much. He's just always kind of been a cock. Yeah, he's he's probably my number one. But for, like, position players, something about Correa really bothers me. I don't, I don't even know what it is. I just can't stand that guy. Doesn't but they're have, all. Doesn't he have braces? I think that's Maybe that's it, it. Or, you know, what he said he made a. He, I think it was him that he did, like, when we were doing the thumbs down in 17, he did a thumbs up. And then I think in 19, after they beat us, he was like, they might be the savages, but we're the apex predators. Or it's some jungle or animal quote that had to do with savages and predators that, that pissed me off. So maybe maybe it's him, but, yeah, they're all, they're all pretty dislikable, man. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Um, well, we'll see. Hopefully by this time next week we have more direction. Um Enjoy your Corona. Memorial Day Corona. Oh, it's going to be a big, big Memorial Day weekend here, man. It's going to be exciting. I at least have a backyard and a roof deck. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Jealous of anybody with a yard, really. It was a big thing that, like, I had to leave New York. I was like, I just need outdoors. I need the ability to go outside. And not that I'm a big outside guy. I just like the ability. Exactly. I mean, this whole thing has really shaped my, like, house hunting. Of like, what do I, what do I really need in a house? That like, right? Oh, perspective. That. Yeah, it gives you perspective. Give me like, yeah, because like, what's the worst case scenario in your house? You know, is you're just like stuck in it all the time. So, <laughs> like, what do I need to make me happy there? Hopefully, by the time you're in a house, we never have to do anything like this again or worry about this again, man. Well, I mean, you know what? Like, yeah, but also my fear is that like this kind of is much easier, and I think this is what. The all the like, you know, the government's trying to hold us down. People are, um, are saying is like, well, what if this is, you know, this is the new norm? Like they got us comfortable with it, so next time we'll, you know, just go with it. It'll be like, oh, we've got to, you know, lock down. Remember how it was last time? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to just live with the idea that, like, I don't know, maybe everything's not a conspiracy. Maybe some shit just sucks. <laughs> shit just happened. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, man. Have a good one, everyone out there. Follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. We know this is a baseball podcast, and we know that we don't talk a ton of baseball. The reason we don't talk a shit ton of baseball on it uh, is because there's not baseball. And if you want me, I think, like, Andrew and Scott do a great job of talking about, like, you know, what if we did the 2000 draft over again? That's not us. Uh, you know, the, you know, Mount Rushmore of Yankee second baseman from 1987 to 1993. That's not us either. Um, the interviews with, like, up-and-coming players, like the 161 guys are doing, that's not us because I don't want to drink a Bud Light with Tyler Wade. We like to just talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of baseball. So if you, hopefully you got a couple laughs out of this. Uh, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. We will be here every Wednesday, and we will see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.